Welcome to Bridge City Church. We are here to lead people in a deeper relationship with Jesus and to grow the church locally, nationally and internationally. We pray you are blessed by this message. So this morning I want to bring you a word from the book of Mark which has been on my heart this week. It was a toss-up between a couple of them and as Andrew and Carol and I were praying on Friday it just dropped into my spirit. And so my message this morning is entitled Jesus, Master Over the Storm. So we're going to read from Mark chapter 4 verses 35 to 41. The same day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling, but he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? And how is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Father God, we just... um, Come before your throne of grace in the precious and the wondrous name of Jesus. And Lord, as I bring this message today, Father, I pray that people will not hear me, but that you would speak through me, Lord God, that the words that you want to speak, Father God, the words that people need to hear this morning, Lord God, will just impact in their spirits. Father, I pray that you would make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer. And Lord, as I unpack this message now, the revelation that you've given me, I pray, Father, that each one of us will leave this place with something more to build our lives on today. And we give you praise and thanks for all that you're doing and all the glory and all the honour. In Jesus' mighty name, and everyone said, Amen. In chapter 4, we've got um, amazing things happening. All through the book of Mark, we know that Mark is one of those suddenly books um, things were needed and suddenly God came through. You know, God came, came through in so many ways. So we see in chapter 4 the parable of the seed and the sower. Uh, we see the four sorts of ground with the explanation and application of what it's all about. We see a, an explanation of the purpose of parables and we see about the light under the basket. And what we're looking at today is Jesus' calming of the storm and the seas it's also told in Matthew chapter 8, verses, verse 23, but today I really want to look at Mark's version of it because there are some incredible applications that we can take hold of in our life. So Jesus, master over the storm. The same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when he had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. You see, Jesus had spent the day teaching and preaching And you would think for all intents and purposes that the day was done, it's time to go home to bed. But no, Jesus said, let's go. Let's get in the boat and let's go to the other side. Jesus was preaching from the, the, his pulpit was the boat because the multitudes were there listening to him. 
And he said, let's go to the other side. And it's a picture of no matter how much you've achieved in the day, there is still more. No matter how much you're, you're working in and with God, there is still more for you to do because until the end of our days that God has a purpose and plan for our lives. And he gives that command following that busy day that he'd had. And so the object lesson in that, or one of them that I've sort of taken from, is that don't, don't relax and, and let go of everything just because you feel you've achieved one thing. Keep looking to God because there's more. There is more. There is more. There's an incredibly profound truth in this passage. You see, many assume that when storms and trials in life hit, that they're a result potentially or possibly of disobedience or sin in our lives. Sometimes you see people going through hard times or we might be going through hard times ourselves, and we can say, what have I done wrong? Am I out of the will of God? Am I disobedient? Is there sin in my life? But we see from this passage of scripture that the disciples were obedient to, God, to Jesus. They, he said, let's put out, let's head over to the other side. They did it. They hopped in the boat. Jesus' presence was with them. He was with them in a physical sense, but also when we apply that to our lives, we've got to know that no matter what's happening in our life, if we're walking in obedience and we're walking without that sin aspect of our lives, that storms will still come. They did as they were asked and they still faced a really frightening and uncertain trial. Never assume that a storm or a trial in your life is a sign of disobedience or sin, but it may be, so search your heart. But we, when we are totally obedient to God, we understand that stuff happens. It really does when you're in the will of God and when you're moving forward in God. So what do we know about storms? Storms can come suddenly. What began as a leisure and leisurely trip across the Sea of Galilee or the Lake of Gennesaret turned into an incredible trial for the disciples. And let's not forget all the other little boats that were following as well because the multitudes went back to their houses after Jesus had finished teaching. But others climbed into their boats to follow Jesus because he was going to the other side so they were going to go too. They were going to follow him no matter what was happening. They can come through the suddenness of, well, we're about the Father's business and we're doing this and all of a sudden this storm comes and it comes suddenly and it can be unpredictable because as they made their way across the sea, that great storm arose and came quickly on them and no doubt they had no idea that a storm would come but some of the disciples had been fishermen. So they knew what the conditions would be out there on the sea and they knew that there was the potential for it. But for the majority of us, we don't know when a storm is coming. We don't know what to expect when those storms come. And, you know, as we look to Jesus through this, this trial, he sets some incredible examples of what he wants us to do and how we can fulfil his purpose and plan in our lives through the trials. They can be so unpredictable. And so the same is true in our everyday life. We can be having an amazing day and coasting along and life is great. But in a moment's time, in a suddenly moment, everything can change. And we should not be surprised by that. 
We shouldn't be surprised by the fiery trials that come against us. Kathy used the scripture, used three of the scriptures I've got in this today in your communion message. <laughs> we should not be surprised at the fiery trials that come against us. In this life we will have trouble, but be of good cheer. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. We don't know what our day is going to bring. But we do know that as we walk in him, he's with us through those trials. Storms can be incredibly inconvenient. So here's Jesus asleep in the boat and here's the disciples probably chatting about everything that had happened in the course of the day. Pardon the poet that comes out in me when I have these imaginations, but I think about what it would be like to be in the boat with Jesus and heading out after a full day of ministry. You know, Jesus is in your boat. Jesus is with you. He walks with you. He talks with you. His presence is with you by his spirit. That storm that came was so great that the ship was full of water from the wind and the rain. It didn't spring a leak. The ship was seaworthy. It didn't spring a leak, but the wind that brought the rain... And the waves that were buffeting on that boat were causing incredible fear to rise in them. There is incredible fear that rises in us sometimes when those trials come against us. We also know that storms are inevitable. Storms came upon them while they were in the midst of the sea and it rose without warning and became intense really quickly. The winds began to blow and the waves began to swell and it wasn't long until those waves were crashing over the side of the boat and the vessel was taking on water and filling. And those men who were used to being out on the sea, they knew what to do. They knew what to do. They knew that they had to start bailing. And sometimes, you know, when things happen, what we do is our first response is to act in the natural instead of going straight to Jesus, who is a source of life and our, and our all in all. We start to work those things in the natural. And I could imagine the, the, the disciples were there with their, their buckets and they were chucking the water out off the side of the boat, trying to work in the natural what only God could do in the spirit, what only God in his infinite power could do. But so often, I've thought about this myself, so often when stuff has happened and, and I'm, I'm at a place where I am totally, totally broken before God, I think, Lord, I should have come to you before this. I should have lifted this to you before I got to a place where I feel so broken. And yet in brokenness is the capacity for God to fill us with his power, with his spirit, and give us the ability to do whatever we need to do in him when we're in his will. And so... Jesus said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace in the world. You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So we're surprised when things happen to us. And some gospels that are not correct will say, come to Jesus and everything's going to be wonderful. Come to Jesus and your life will be problem free. Wrong. Come to Jesus and his peace will be with you. God's peace is is not the absence of trials, but it's the presence of God through whatever we're going through. So we can be content in what we're going through and not thrown about on these waves of life that would hit us and knock us around. Another thing too is when these things happen, you know, when, when Pastor Vic got diagnosed with a brain tumour, 
we said in the instant that that news came through to us, Lord, we are not going to ask you why, but we're going to ask you, what do you want to do through this? What do you want to work through this? We're not going to, we, we just chose in that instant and we never did until such time as Vic actually got transferred home and went home to be with the Lord, promoted. But we chose in that instant to walk in faith and we chose in that instant to choose God's way and understand that his ways are higher than our ways. And even though trials come and and tribulations come and torment comes and even though fear might come, we can trust in the one who has created us. We can trust in the one who has made a way for us to walk through these trials and to walk through those tribulations and the trials of life and the storms of life. So if we're in the boat and Jesus is with us, he is with us always. His presence goes before us and we're on our way to the other side. There are times where we need to rest. There's times where we need to pull up from the busyness of life as well. But I remember thinking, you know, Jesus went from times of prayer to times of prayer. And in between those times of prayer and those times of prayer, he tackled the issues that were facing, those trials and tribulations that were facing throughout all of those that he came in contact with, all of those whose lives he wanted to touch. So the example for us is that we go from a time of prayer to a time of prayer and in between we walk it out. We walk out this life, whether it's a good season for you or a challenging season for you, in the power of his spirit, trusting in the one who has made you and trusting in the one who holds you in the palm of his hand because he's awesome. He is awesome, isn't he? Yeah. Sometimes those things are not of our doing and sometimes the trials that come are because of decisions that we've made that have not been in line with God's will for us. I was ministering to someone yesterday in the city and I said to this person, we can all make wrong choices but when we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So that coming under the shadow of the Almighty, that presence of God is one word away, Jesus. Speak the name of Jesus. Coming into his presence, Lord, forgive me. Lord, wash me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, strengthen me for the battle that I'm going through. And he will. He will not leave you. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He doesn't leave us as orphans. We have a heavenly Father who loves us so incredibly and so completely. We also know that storms are uncontrollable in the natural. Jesus was in the back of the ship where the pilot normally sat to direct the way the boat went. And he had his head on a pillow, asleep, incredibly. It's just such a picture of Christ in our lives that when things are not as we would imagine them, his presence with us brings that incredible peace. Jesus wasn't concerned. But he knew that what was going to happen through this time was that the disciples... See, trials will bring out the best and the worst in us. 
It'll either bring the dross to the surface as the heat gets turned up, just like with gold. When gold is being refined, you turn the heat up and it comes to a molten state and then the dross comes to the surface so that the, the master gold keeper, maker, thing, jeweller, can scoop that off and then set it in moulds and create something incredible out of it. Just like us, when things are really pouring away at us, poking away at us when trials come, when challenges come, when we're feeling like we're just not getting where we need to be, where we see the goal in sight and we're still way off. And when we look to God, we can say, Lord, I can't control this, but I know that you are in control. Those storms that happen in our lives that give us the capacity, it's an opportunity to refine our character. It's an opportunity to define our faith. How much are we trusting God for? Are we trusting God for 90% or 95% or 99%? Is there an aspect of our lives that we haven't given over to God? Is there an aspect of our lives where we feel like we want to be independent and we take hold of it and we hold fast to that thing because it's mine? and I want to do it my way because I can but is it right you see God gives us a mind he gives us the mind of Christ for the decisions that we have to make we look to his word we look to the promise of his word we look to the application of his word in our lives so that we can know that no matter what we're going through God always has the answer for us and it's in his word that as we pray and as we seek his face he will take us through to the other side of the trial that we're going through and it may not look like you thought it was going to look going to look but in God when we trust him he works so powerfully in us and through us. I never for one minute ever imagined that I was going to be widowed and running a church for the last basically four years. Never in a million years. And yet when you submit yourself to God, and I'm nothing special, let me tell you, I'm not going toot toot, blowing my own horn. When when you submit yourself to God and when you trust God and when you don't fear what man will say or man will do, when you know that the God of the universe, the creator universe of the universe who made the suit and has control over the storm and the Jesus that is master over the storm, when you trust him with everything that's happening in your life, you know that the result is going to be the God result. You know that the result is going to be what he has planned for you. And so you can trust in the one who loves you. You can trust in the one who has that plan for you. And you can trust that even though life is not perfect, we're not in heaven yet, but there is a job for us to do and there's a purpose through the trial. And I think it was Kathy that said, you know, we can look back and see, well, this is the pain that we're going through brings us to a place of peace and the provision that God has for us through all of that. And I'm gone way off my notes here and I don't want to keep you till midday, so I'm going to close soon. But, but storms have the potential to take us out, to annihilate us, to control our lives and the choices that we make. It can control our aspects of life that we make choices of or trials can produce that character and build faith as we walk through them with Jesus. So much is beyond our control in this life. 
And we all face things. We all do. If you're alive, you're facing something. And if you're not today, tomorrow's coming. (laughs) And we build our life and our hope on Jesus. And there's an old song we used to sing, My hope is built on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. And it's so true. We build our lives on who he is and what he says. You see, he was in the boat with those disciples. And they didn't realise at the time, but they were much safer with Jesus in the midst of the storm than they would have been standing on the shore without him. So it's easier to go through a trial with Jesus than go through no trials at all and not have Jesus with you. Do you follow me? And it's hard to remember when you're in a good time and you think, wow, all the things that God has done in my life, if he never did another thing. The grateful heart, the thankful heart that comes to the fore when you look at something and you see my cup is half full, it's not half empty. God is doing amazing things. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you are with me. Psalm 23. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The rod is the authority of the word of God. And the shepherd used that rod in old times and some in some countries he still does to guide the sheep and correct the sheep from going on, on unsafe paths. The word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. And the staff is symbolic of the supernatural power of God, the Holy Spirit, as our comforter, as our guide, as our strengthener, as the one who walks with us. He's our friend. He'll show you the truth you need to have in any given time. And even though we might lack that ability to push through, he never does. It's saying, it's falling on Jesus and saying, God, I don't know what's happening, but you do. I'm trusting you. Jesus was in the stern. And they awoke him and they said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And I thought, wow, imagine having God in your boat and turning and saying to him, don't you care that we're perishing? Wow. And it reveals so much about where they were at and the fear that they were under rather than who God was. Sometimes trials will bring out those things in us that really reveal things that God wants to deal with in our lives. They speak strongly to him and some might say rudely, Master, don't you care? Have you ever been in a place where you said, God, why have you let this happen? God, what is happening? All this stuff that's coming against me. I'm not happy. Jesus never promised us happiness. He promised us contentment and that peace that passes all understanding. So when we pray, we call out to God, call out to the Father as led by the Spirit in the name of Jesus and he will hear us. And as you do that, faith will rise. And sometimes we can dictate, this is what I want you to do, Lord. As long as we follow that with a nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And God hears those prayers and he works through it powerfully, incredibly. 
Mark 11:23 says, For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. See, God is not willing that any should perish. God is willing, not willing to lose a single one. Christ is over the storm. He has control over the storm in your life. So if you belong to Jesus and you're under that, you're under his protection. You've got Jesus in your boat, even though you may not be a boaty like these guys in the front, but Jesus is in your boat with you. And as such, if you're following Jesus and doing what he wants you to do, his protection is over you and you can trust him because he's good. Sometimes it just seems like God hides himself. Isaiah 45, 15 says, Truly you are God who hide yourself, O God of Israel, the Saviour. So sometimes it seems like he's hiding, but he's never, never away from you. He is one breath away when you call on the name of Jesus. So what happened? He arose, rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace. Be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Sometimes we can have walked with Jesus for years and years and when he comes through for us, we we can look and say, wow, we're so shocked at the awesomeness of God. But God is miracle God. He's creator God. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, or above all we think or ask. So why are we shocked? So these disciples had walked with Jesus for three years and they're like, wow, who is this? And sometimes we need to have that renewed revelation that Jesus is Lord of our life. He is our saviour. He's our deliverer. He's the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. He's the one that takes hold of our lives when we let him and leads us down the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amazing stuff. And when he said, peace be still, I looked it up and the Greek for that is siopa perfisphobia. I'll get it right in a minute. If anyone speaks Greek, you can come and teach me afterwards how to pronounce this. Siopa pemphimoso. And it means be silent, be dumb. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? <laughs> he spoke to the wind and the storm and said, peace, be silent, be dumb. In other words, he disarmed it from being potent He disarmed its capacity to overwhelm them all. He disarmed its capacity to kill, to maim, put fear into them. And that's an incredible thing. And so the wind no longer roared and the sea didn't rage. So he stopped the noise of the sea. And the noise from the sea and the storms in our lives can be such incredible threats in our lives. Sometimes the storms are so loud that we cannot see Jesus in the midst of it. Sometimes those voices that we hear are really trying to drown out the one voice that we need to listen to. It can be distracting and it can be confusing. But when Jesus says, peace be still, it's a word of command for us, 
We can take hold of that word and speak peace into our circumstances. We can speak peace into the things that are happening in our lives. We speak the police, the peace, the Sa'el Shalom, the Prince of Peace, who is Jesus, into that situation. We speak his peace. So Jesus was saying, be silent, be dumb, be still. And the storm of trouble that can come in our lives and be so strong is stilled and quietened and laid to nothing at the word of the Lord. Christ proves himself to be God. The very seas that he created, he has control over. The very storms that are in our lives, Jesus can speak to those storms and still them. He says, why are you fearful? The storm is raging. But don't you know that I am with you? I'll lead you and I'll guide you. And I'm going to take you safely through to the other side. Fear can make us doubt our faith. Doubt God's provision for us in all things and doubt our relationship with God. Trusting in God's goodness and his mercy and his grace and his power. It's not what we see. It's not what we feel. It's not what we hear in the natural. But it's faith in the Son of God who loves us and died for us. It's faith in the word that he has given us to use as a sword to wield in those situations the Holy Spirit that he has given us for the power that we need to walk in fullness and strength in him. We can do this, people. We can do this. Look to your neighbour and say, we can do this. So as we call on the name of the Lord, the disciples had feared for what was going to happen to them, but Jesus spoke peace into that storm. And that fear that they had over the storm, which was the creation, turned into an awesome reverence at the creator who speaks and a storm is still. Amazing. And that awesome reverence is not, it's a fear, but it's not a shaking in your boots, hide under the bed fear. It's a reverence that our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we think or ask. So, just quickly, and I'm going to close, a few takeaways. That moment of discovery, the storm's not enjoyable, but it's beneficial if you let God work through it. The disciples, through their fear, reached out to Jesus, even if it was in an inappropriate way, and Jesus was there for them. The same is true for us. When we reach out to Jesus, he's there for us. And through it, they discovered his presence and his power, and his peace, the peace that passes all understanding. The wind ceased, and there was a great calm. For me, this is one of the greatest discoveries in the passage, that Jesus brought peace, and brings peace, and will bring peace in the midst of a storm. Amen? Incredible. He might not take the storm away immediately. You might have to start bailing your boat out. But keep going because he's going to take you through.
peace. Be still. Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. And he provides us with everything that we need as we walk it out with him. So, as I close now, you may not be having a storm in your life at the minute, but it's coming. Or you may be walking through a storm and you may be wondering, where is God in all of this? God's peace comes through salvation in Jesus. The first step that we take is saying, Jesus, I need you in my life. Be my saviour. Be my Lord. Be my redeemer. I acknowledge that I need you. I ask you to forgive my sins. I know that you are the son of God who came for me and died for me. That's the start. That faith and courage would rise and we would not be dominated by fear. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And if we're in sin, if we're doing stuff we know is not pleasing God, or if we're walking out of the will of God, just stop it. Say, Lord, I don't want to live like this. Forgive me. And it's when that conviction comes as the Holy Spirit identifies things in your life that are not pleasing to God. That's between you and God. Just ask him, show me. Search my heart, O Lord. Try me, test me, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Psalm 55, I think that is. So if we're walking in that, let's put it off. Let's say, right, I'm not going to do this anymore. I need you, Jesus, and ask him to provide the way out of what you're in. But if you're going through a trial today and you're going through a struggle today, we reach out to Jesus because Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. And his presence will be with us as we walk through that. His provision for all we need and his perfect peace in our lives as we walk in him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you today for the power of your word. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, you are master over the storm. You are with us in the storm, but you are master over the storms of our lives. You are master over every circumstance in our life when we allow you to be, Lord God. And we pray, Father God, that, Lord, as we look to you and as we seek your face and as we ask you, Lord, just to, to show us this next step that we need to take to walk us through, to get us to the other side, Lord, that you would, Lord God, rise from what we perceive as sleep, but you never slumber or sleep and come and show us the way forward. Father, we just dedicate ourselves to you today that we will not walk in fear. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. And Lord Jesus, you are the personification of perfect love because you are God in the flesh that came to dwell with us. And we ask you, Lord, that you would show us today what it is we need to do to cast off that fear.
We pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that that peace that passes all understanding, that shalom peace, will speak into our situation. And God, as we have that amazing sense of your presence with us, Lord, that you would take us through step by step through the trial that we're going through, Father God. Lord, I thank you that you work in us incredible character as we submit to you, as you bring us through to the other side. Lord, I pray right now, if there be anyone in this house that has not received you as Saviour and Lord, that as we pray now, that you would touch those hearts. Pray now after me. Let's everybody pray this. Father God, I come to you now in the name of Jesus. I understand Jesus died in my place, that my sins have been forgiven. I ask you, Lord, to take them from me and wash me and place me, Lord God, at the centre of where I need to be. Father, I thank you that as I walk in you, you strengthen me, you give me peace and I commit my life into your hands now. In Jesus' mighty name. If you've prayed that prayer for the first time, please let us know and we can resource you and help you as you begin a walk with Jesus. Thank you for joining with us today. If you would like to find out more, you can get in touch with us on our website at bridgecitychurch.com.au. See you next time.